hello and let me start that again that really <laughs> you didn't even like your hello <laughs> i i lost myself at hello <laughs> all right <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> hello and welcome to now fear this with becky and marie the podcast about all the things that scare the shit out of us and a few things that don't <laughs> Why do you sound like you're playing seductress when you say <laughs> Well, I, uh, you know, it's early in the morning. I haven't calibrated yet. I'm like a robot. I'm just like all over the place. You're rebooting. I'm rebooting. Well, aside from that, good morning. How are you? Um, I'm good. It's early. Are you fearing uh, anything today? And this, oh my gosh, it looks like you have a crow. Uh, Becky has a a painting of a crow it's behind growing out of my head yeah it's like it's lifting your it's like it's sitting, like on, sitting on your head <laughs> interesting i'll take a point. picture from the screenshot and put it on our website if yeah. i'm feeling generous because i know i can see in the little thing up here where i'm looking yeah. at myself it looks goofy it's it does it does or look like, like he's standing on my head yeah harper is right here harper how come you're not taking care of that crow is there anything you're fearing today besides that creepy crow painting that's i know i don't like it it came with the house literally yeah. yeah, the last episode we released, what is it called? I just had it and I lost it. What am I naming? Oh, you're already dropping the f bomb. We're not even. We haven't even barely started the episode. I literally don't remember what I what I named it. I just oh, just a bit of everyday sadism yeah. is the name of the episode, and it's about deadly wars waged between neighbors. Um, and the guy who did the murder of the Schlegel family, Paul something Crawford, I guess. I think you remember on that episode of. Fear Thy Neighbor, where his relatives are on the show, but they're like blacked out. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. they're disguised. When I'm trying to find a link to that episode to put on our website, fearthispodcast.com, I stumbled into this funny little rabbit hole where people have all kinds of hot sports opinions about crime and relatives of criminals and TV shows on crime. And, you know, everybody's got their opinions, but these are more like, um, not like things you put on Twitter, but just like everybody talking to each other on this one site called moviechat.org. Yeah. And people got real mad at the relatives or children or whoever it was. Why? Paul. I mean, real mad. So mad. And this is what I'm fearing is people thinking that it's okay to do what I'm about to describe. So people were like, what a terrible family. And I'd be embarrassed too. And I wouldn't show my face in public. And then this one, this is from seven years ago. So who knows if this person is still on this website. I don't fucking care. Um, screen name Slidell333 says this. I have the names and addresses of the people related to the murderer, Mr. Crawford. I know where they live, their addresses, emails, and will be posting them shortly. His family shouldn't be able to forget like nothing happened. He killed children yeah. over nothing. What does his family have to do with the it? The family is blamed because they're having too much cognitive dissonance about their dad or whoever being a fucking psychotic murderer of children. And they're going to go and get revenge on the family for coming onto a show. And so I didn't actually look up whether or not they posted the address. You could tell me that they did. And then whoever moderates it took it down, you know? Yeah. Thinking that that's okay to do is really to me like fucking problematic as fuck. I, I don't know. That's just, that was what I was like, you know what else? I forgot this part in our last episode. I forgot to say this part. But he killed the dog too. He killed the yeah, baby. yeah. I think we did forget about that. And I forgot about it because it's so fucking horrible that I want to forget about it. But then I go, you know, then we do that thing where why does the dog bother us more than a little kid or a full grown adult? You know. But anyway, 
So I'm just fearing that people out there thinking they can essentially take the the law into their own hands and trying to ruin the lives of people who who are already suffering such a horrific tragedy of their own when they didn't actually do this crime. So that's what I'm fearing. And y'all, if you're doing that out there, just stop it. Just don't do that. That's not nice. And there's no reason for it. Yeah, I've been watching this series um, called Web of Lies on Netflix. Oh, I watched that for a while. Is, is that still on? I need to go back yeah. and watch that. It's very interesting, but it kind of ties into what you're saying. And it's, I've been saying it a lot. This anonymity that people have on the web and they can be like their angry antisocial alter ego and feel like they have no consequences. It's been happening slowly, but I think the time has come that the legal system, the laws in our country are going to have to address the internet. And it's funny because back when I competed on the speech and debate circuit, one year my persuasive speech was on cybercrime. Believe it or not. Oh, really? Back then, yeah. You were ahead of your game. I was ahead of my time. But it was really a lot about cyber stalking more than anything else. Ah. Because I had watched an episode of Web of Lies about a sextortionist. It was a kid that was actually just harassing women to give uh, photos of their bodies to him. And they did catch him. But this was the 90s. Oh, the 90s. Good Lord. It was really, really hard. Uh, maybe it was early 2000s, even early 2000s. You got to think how much we've progressed in this country with regards to technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But at that time, when the women went to the police, the police were like, what are we supposed to do? The police don't research IP addresses and hackers and stuff like that. So it took the FBI to get involved. But did you watch the most hated man on the internet? I did. Yeah. So if anybody ever needed to be punched in the dick, that guy needed to be punched in the dick. (laughs) <laughs> and if he were in my house right now, I'd fucking punch him in the dick. <laughs> and if y'all didn't watch it, watch it, but be prepared to be angry. He's the guy who ran a website that purported to be about revenge porn and would actually turned out he was just hacking. His friend was hacking girls' emails and finding, right. like they were trolling Facebook and finding pretty girls or whoever they thought would be pretty and then hacking their accounts and hacking their emails and getting naked pictures of them. And they refused to put them, take them down. Well, he was sentenced for only like three years or something. I was like, give him 10 years at least. But anyway, he cried in court. He cried when they sentenced him. And I remember I posted on Facebook, I'm like, yeah, cry all the way to fucking prison. Well, he has absolutely no remorse. He even wrote a book about how he has no remorse. So he's a great guy. And if anybody sees him out there, tell him that I want to punch him in the dick. Don't punch him in the dick. That's me. I get to punch him in the dick. And if I go to jail for threatening that guy, I will just show that documentary as my defense. And anybody on a jury would go, you're right. You deserve to be punched in the dick. <laughs> so anyway, yes, that's what I'm fearing. And people think that they can hide behind these antiquated laws and, and we're not even antiquated. There's no laws. Still, there's very few. And um, the idea of I'm going to make myself feel better by posting the home addresses and email addresses of yeah. somebody who's a family member of a, of a murderer. Y'all yeah. need to take a step back. Y'all need to slow your roll. Think about what you're doing. Their lives are bad enough because right. of something they did not even do. It was inflicted upon them by their relative who did that crime. Just leave them alone, man. Yeah, Just leave them alone. Live your life. Like on the note of like the sextortion stuff, this whole thing where somebody takes a nude photo of themselves that's meant either for themselves or privately for them and their significant other, and then someone just steals it off their phone. It's pretty sick. It's disgusting. And the thing is, and we even did an episode on um 
I think we did an episode on revenge porn we right? did, didn't yeah. we? a while we back. Did. And the thing for me is that this guy is there's like this weird thing where we believed that revenge porn was this hugely common thing. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen or didn't happen, but this website was not, he let people think it was revenge porn. It was. He claimed, oh, dudes are sending me stuff. Right. It turns out that wasn't it at all. They were hacking people. They were hacking people. Watch that documentary. And just, I'll just say that because we need to get on with our show. But I um, will. And I'll just say one thing. The violation, not just of an email hack, not just of having people look at naked pictures of you that you didn't consent to, but then to, to literally flip the bird to anyone who says to you, please remove this. This is ruining my life. And then you add in. The, I'm going to post naked pictures next to where you work, your parents, where they work, right. their emails, their home address, your home address. There's something so evil about that, that it's like my blood pressure is rising right now. And right. But it's anyway. like a blame. It's a blame the victim thing. Right. We could get into that another time. Yeah. But yeah, I will yeah, say yeah. to all the hackers out there, I have no nude photos on my phone. You'll just have like close-ups of me pointing to like a tooth abscess and like You'll get a lot of pictures of my cat. Right. Pictures of like ugly sores that I wanted James to look at. (laughs) (laughs) My cats. Maybe stuff that looks like cat pictures. (laughs) If you enjoy sunsets in Seattle, hack away. And there will be so many of those. (laughs) Okay. What are you fearing today, Marie? All right. Well, I'm fearing something that I I don't really have to fear it anymore, but it's, it's a fear of mine, which is the cable company. I cut the cord a while back and it was hard in the beginning because I'm still old enough to where I have the whole like channel surf mentality, you know, just sit down in front of the TV and I don't curate what I watch. It just whatever's on TV. And I grew up with cable, but over the years, I've just noticed that, that all the satellite and cable companies have just become more and more mercenary. There's like no customer service. They charge you for all sorts of outrageous things. They raise the prices. And so I finally had it. I'd switched to all of them a million times. And when you try to cancel your cable service, they send you to a a special person that tries to keep you from doing it by offering you NFL Sunday ticket and like- Oh yeah, they literally will not let you go. Have you listened to that audio the guy posted a few years back of, was it Comcast or somebody where he was like, the guy would not let him cancel. It was the most outrageous conversation I've ever heard in my life. He literally was refusing his saying, cancel this, cancel this, cancel this. And it was like an hour and a half. So like three years ago, I called Dish because that was the last one I had. And I said, I want to cancel my service. And they were like, okay, well, we're going to send you to a cancellation representative. Some lovely gentleman from Oklahoma, really sweet. He was like, I hear you want to cancel your service. And I said, yep. And he goes, can I ask why? And I said, I'm giving up television for religious purposes. Brilliant. And he said, that worked. That's like giving up cake. And I said, yeah, but it's worth it for the Lord. You didn't. And it worked. And he goes, all right, well, let's start this process. And that was it. Marie, you have solved. Oh my God, y'all. If you ever need to cancel anything, that's all you have to do. That's the force field. You force fielded yourself with religion and what the fuck is he supposed to do change is he your supposed religion? to tell me that jesus wants me to watch yeah like skinamax and all or, those- uh, what religion is that i'm gonna look that up you know like just to verify <laughs> <laughs> brilliant yes okay brilliant got out of it i haven't had cable and and forever but it reminds me i saw this story recently of a crime that happened in dallas 
relating to the cable company, mm-hmm. Spectrum in particular, there was a woman by the name of Betty Thomas. By all accounts, she was a very lovely woman. I can describe her, her. She's one of these. She was 83 years old, and she's one of these older ladies that is just impeccable. Like the hair. She had the big blonde Texas hair that was perfectly coiffed. The perfect makeup. Her outfits were just perfectly coordinated. She was just sharp, really well put together. She'd been in real estate her whole life. And spoiler alert, I read all this in her obituary, so this is not going to be a happy story. But in her obituary, they talk about how she was the type of person that she was friends with everybody in five minutes, you know, and everybody knows that kind of personality. Like, I want her to be my grandma. Yeah. Also, an interesting side fact, she has five children and 25 grandchildren. What? 25 grandchildren. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So when she retired from being a real estate broker, she ended up going into property enhancement. Now, I'm assuming that's like flipping or consulting, but she continued to, to work on the side doing stuff with real estate. And... I bring all this up because what I'm the story I'm about to tell you is like so senseless. It was so preventable. And maybe the killer thought it's an old lady, whatever, rich old lady. The impact that this woman had in terms of family, people Mm -hmm. that cared about her. Mm -hmm. And that also came up with the Beatrice Six, like how the family was affected. Yeah. But we really do have a problem in this country sometimes with, like, diminishing people after a certain age that they're not valuable. It's true. But anyway, Betty had some Spectrum services at her house. And on December 11th, 2019, she had a service provider by the name of Roy James Holden Jr. If that doesn't sound like a serial killer, I don't know what does. No kidding. The only thing that would be better is if it had Wayne in there. Wayne. Room. Roy Wayne James Holden Jr. That's what that's it. <laughs> that's the that's the murderer. Good lord. Anyway, uh Roy is a very troubled 45-year-old man. And he went to the home of Betty Thomas at the 3000 block of East Court in Irving, Texas. I'm not I don't know if that's a familiar location to you or not. I'm going to look it up. By the way, my sources are lawandcrime.com, July 27th, 2022, New York Post, NBC News, dailymail.com, and Dallas Express. And according to one of the articles, they said that Betty had reported problems with her bundled phone, television, and internet service. I don't know. That just struck me as like... (laughs) Who who hasn't? Who's not having trouble with their bundle? (laughs) Betty reported the same problem that everyone in the tri-state area is having. Oh my God. Seriously. (laughs) So who knows? No one says what the actual cable problem was, but apparently came to the house. He fixed it, went on his way. Well, the next day, Thursday, December 12th, he decided to return to Betty's home and he stabbed her to death. He stabbed her to death and stole her credit cards and her debit cards. Mm, mm, um, mm. What apparently happened was that he went to his place of business. They have no restrictions on him in terms of using his key card and just checking out a car. 
So he went up there in his uniform on his day off, used his key card to get a vehicle, probably the one that he used on a daily basis, and just started driving around like he was doing cable services, showed up to her house and told Miss Thomas that he had follow-up repairs. She let him inside. Oh, that's how he did it? That's how he did it. So he was not a very sophisticated guy. Basically, when he entered her home, he was captured on the ring camera. Jesus Christ. Like, basically a mugshot on the ring camera, going in and out. And he immediately went on a shopping spree. What store do you think he went to? If he went to Walmart. (laughs) What, is it Walmart? It's Walmart. Ah! I almost said, let me guess, Saks Fifth Avenue? (laughs) In Irving? (laughs) Yeah. Or is it Irvine? (laughs) But nonetheless he went to walmart on a shopping spree sure he did not change out of his murder clothes he shopped he shopped in his gloves and murder clothes he was still like he had her blood on him i don't know about blood but what i do know is that the police said what he was wearing in the ring photo and what he was wearing at walmart was the same Mm. so of course the family is close with her, so they go to check in on her. They find her lying dead in front of the television. They call the police. The police check the ring video. They send out an APB. He's on the Walmart video. It's done. I mean, it's literally done the next day. Friday, December 13th, Holden was arrested, and he confessed and pled guilty. And I'm just going to read this from the Dallas Observer. Okay. Officers arrested 45-year-old Roy Holden on December 13th, 2019, in connection to Thomas's murder. On December 11th, Holden, an employee of the utility service provider Spectrum, had been to Thomas's house to help her with a problem with her Spectrum services. However, Holden allegedly went back to Thomas's house the next day to kill her. During investigations, Holden told Irving detectives he had stopped at Thomas's home in the Las Colinas neighborhood because he was broke. Oh, she was in Las Colinas. Y'all, that's a nice place. This is his confession to the police. Great. She said something, and I couldn't understand what it was. She said, Holden told detectives, according to lawsuit documents. It made me mad. So that's when I walked out the door. Then I came back in the house again, and she said something again, and I got irritated, and then that's when I did it. Holden pleaded guilty to murder and was sentenced to life in prison in April 2021. I mean, it sounds like a crazy person, right? Like, we talk about people that are evil. I'm not saying, I'm not going to put a judgment of good or evil. This just doesn't sound like a rational person. Give me the serial killer name again. Uh, Roy James Holden. Here we go. Images. Oh, he just looks soulless. Yeah, he just looks like the eyes are just blank. I'm going to tell you a few other details here. Okay. Well, I'm going to make a page turn, which I know you don't like the sound of paper turning, so. You can actually turn the page without warning me and reminding (laughs) me that I asked you not to do that one time. Just every once in a while. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know what transpired. There's not a lot of details what transpired between Spectrum, Charter, and the family. But the family decided to have a civil suit against Charter Spectrum. Now, a lot of people could argue, okay, come on. Like, how would Spectrum know this guy was going to do this? Like, this is a rogue person. He stole equipment on his day off, so on and so forth. 
However, a jury gave the family seven billion with the B, seven billion. So three hundred and seventy-five million in compensatory damages, and the rest was uh, punitive. Over seven billion. Ah. Uh. <laughs> it's like seven point three five billion. Now I do believe Texas has um constraints on how much Of course they do. You wanna know why? It's that fucking governor who got paralyzed when a tree fell on him at the University of Texas. He got all the money by suing University of Texas and then made sure to get all these laws passed, preventing that from ever happening again. That soulless motherfucker. Wow. He's like the only guy who became disabled that i've ever heard of who turned evil er instead of helping people out right right Fucking governor man oh okay to me i'm like trying to make the connection because it's like there's always going to be some risk when you have people come in your home and i don't know if the company is always responsible so i started to dig into how they won the case so first problem for spectrum is they've never verified his employment documents so He gave them a falsified or fabricated resume and all the information he filled out on the employment application was false and they never checked his references. They never checked anything. Everything was false? Everything was false. Yeah. So his name wasn't false, but I'm saying like his employment history. Yeah. So that was brought up in court. You think? Yeah. And then the other thing is they claim the company was ignoring red flags. So apparently Holden was going through a divorce and he was having a bit of a mental breakdown. So he was going to have to pay a lot of money, which he didn't have. He was really struggling financially. A number of times he went to upper management sobbing uncontrollably, saying that, you know, he was completely in trouble financially. So that happened, which is kind of inappropriate in the workplace. But here's a few more details. Lawyers for the family, this is Betty's family, argued in their opening statement that Holden, going through a divorce, had indicated that he was in distress. Lawyers argued that this fact should have raised red flags for executives at the utility provider. The family's attorney said that Holden experienced insomnia and frequent crying spells during his divorce. At some point, Holden thought he was a former Dallas Cowboy player whose career was ruined by becoming paralyzed. Well, who isn't? The attorney argued that Spectrum had too many chances to act before sending Holden to Thomas's home. Spectrum did not run a proper background check on Holden and that that would have verified that his employment history was fabricated. He had been fired from several jobs before working at Spectrum. And while a technician on the job, he had been accused of at least two thefts. Working for Spectrum? Working for Spectrum. Okay. I read this statement from the spokesperson for Charter Communications, and I have so many problems with it. It says right here that nothing in his performance after he was hired by Spectrum suggests he was capable of the crime he committed. He already did more than a thousand service calls with zero customer complaints about his behavior. Now you're saying, no, that's not true. That's it's not, not absolutely false statement. That is a false statement. Ew. So we have all these red flags. I mean, I'm yeah. just trying to think of circumstances, but like in my own industry, right? If I have a client facing person and they're constantly crying and insomnia and like acting erratic, I'm not going to send them to a client lunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, you're not. <laughs> 
here's here's keys to someone's house. Why don't you go and pick up a few things and try not to kill her? I mean, right. well, and it goes to the point. A lot of companies we talked about this in the Terrence Woods case about the man who went missing on a Discovery show shoot. The episode called "Somebody Get the Bras of Light." Yeah, I feel like we discussed that in that circumstance. That if the company and the leadership on the mining show had behaved better, that it might have quelled some of the suspicion that the family had. Look, I don't know the behind the scenes with Spectrum, but Spectrum did everything possible to push away any responsibility and emboldened the family to move forward. And I think it made the situation worse. And when when an employee of a company commits a crime, like rape or sexual harassment, theft, and you're like, we don't want any liability, so we're going to protect the employee, right? We're going to deny. It's kind of a double-edged sword because it's like, well, if we don't say this person actually is suspected of theft, then we can't fire them, you know, but on the same token, we're still sending this person out to people's houses. That is kind of gross negligence and reckless misconduct yep but that might not have been enough to convince a jury during the trial spectrum was so interested in not having to pay anything to this family that they forged documents to try and force the family into a closed door arbitration shut up no forged trying forged. to act like that betty had signed something that she yes. didn't sign exactly <gasps> Exactly. I don't know what the documents were, but I was talking to James about this and and he said he wondered if it was like one of those things where somebody signs something and they say if they have a dispute, they have to go into arbitration. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Because whatever this document was that was forged would force the family to arbitrate behind closed doors. And then the company wouldn't be subject to all the punitive damages. So- If you're wondering, was this legitimately forged? The jury found unanimously beyond a shadow of a doubt that Spectrum forged documents. (laughs) So you take into account the negligence with regards to the Holden state of mind, not vetting him before sending him into people's homes. And now the jury gets to hear that Spectrum is fabricating evidence. It and gets then worse, course, though. You know, there's more to this story. I'm hoping there's one key thing I remember out of this one. Oh, yeah, there's it. more. Because if you don't say it, let me say it. No, 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 it. I'm going to say it. There's a, <laughs> there's a fourth thing that I'm going to say, though, which is I do think the jury probably had a bad feeling toward the cable company to begin with, right? Yeah. So this is just making it even worse. Well, they could have just played that audio of that dude trying to break up with them and then keeping him on the phone for an hour and a half and then like click their pen, close their notebook and walked right. out. And the jury would have been like guilty as fuck. Three billion dollars. I mean, Y'all are the worst. Yeah. I don't know all the details of this. It was very vague, but apparently the family's attorney also made the case that there is a pattern of theft and crime committed by charter employees so they were able to uncover some evidence of that as well but so i just did a google search because it's very confusing the way all these all these um i don't have any idea how corporations work so i googled what is charter spectrum worth because it's spectrum but then it's charter right. is the spokesperson so on here it says that charter is worth 65.2 billion so 
it, I don't know, is it Spectrum? Is it Charter? Is it whoever? But the entity doing the defending is Charter Communications. And they're worth 65, over 65 billion. They owe the $3 billion. They, so I'm just saying. The three, yeah. Well, so the sort of, what do you call it? The cherry on the top of the, the Sunday or icing on yeah, the cake yeah, yeah, yeah. is while all this is going on, Spectrum actually charged Betty $58 for the service that she received from Holden. Yeah. And they refused to cancel the charge and sent it sent it to collections <laughs> to try and collect it from the family. They Yes, that's the part. That's the little gem I remember, y'all. They sent a bill to the dead woman <laughs> for the service charge of from the dude who killed her. And then they send it to collections. You yeah. can't you can't even cancel your cable when you have been murdered by the cable guy. They still <laughs> won't cancel your cable. <laughs> so this happened to my husband because he's a financial planner. So all of his family members, like his grandmother and his mother, everybody, he was their financial planner and his grandmother died. And he had this with their electric company. And after she was dead and didn't live in that apartment anymore, obviously, you know, dead. They still kept saying, you know, she signed a year contract with us. And it ended up, I think they did send it to collection. He's like, good, fuck y'all. I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, they're just awful. Just awful. Yeah. I mean, I kind of had a little bit of that when my mom passed away. Like um, a lot of doctor's offices and medical providers had no incentive to bother with billing things properly to Medicaid and Medicare and all of her insurance companies because the insurance companies all fight back, right? They try to go after the family to get it. But I was just relentless. I was like, I'm not paying this. So I learned this little gem and this is the part where I give advice after I've told you I'm not going to give you advice and then I tell you not to listen to my advice. By the way, I'm eating a little Atkins thing because I'm starving. This is pretty good. Do you ever eat these Atkins bars? Yeah, I've had a bunch of different This one is bars. a vanilla wafer crisp. It actually just tastes like dessert. Oh, and it's got nice. tons of protein. Anyway, <laughs> that was my commercial for Atkins. Is that a little commercial for Atkins? So I know someone, and this is very generic because I don't want to name who. I know someone who's in top, like C-level executive person for a medical billing company. And this person gives the advice to anyone who will listen. Never, ever pay any medical bill ever. Never, ever, 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 ever pay it. Don't pay it. I'm like, how do you, what do you, how do you, what? Don't pay it because eventually you'll come back around. You'll offer to pay $4 and they'll say, no, pay 4,000. And you'll end up only having to pay 200. He said, never pay a medical bill. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I also found out that, especially when people pass away, that eventually they just write it off for tax. They have to. I mean, come on. You can't. I mean, come on, man. We just actually went off the rails a little bit. So I'm going to take us back to. You're going to Maidenhead. I'm going to the expressway. Because there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up about bringing people into your home. Obviously, you don't want to be scared to bring people in your home. But you should take precautions, especially when people are in your home doing long-term repairs. Um, There was kind of a rash of people getting robbed after home repairs in Los Angeles. And what was happening was you would have a long-term contract job in their house. And then once it was done, months later, they would get robbed. And it was like the people knew the layout of the house. Oh. And some, some friends of ours, this happened to them. And the, the police figured out it was somebody on this contracting crew because they had these gigantic dogs 
And there's no way a stranger could have gotten past these dogs. But whoever came into the house clearly knew the dogs and fed them and shut them off in a room. And the dogs were completely passive. Um, And James and I had an experience once where we had, when we first moved into our condo, some guys were delivering our like Samsung kitchen stuff. And the one of the guys came in with this convoluted story about how they accidentally put two dryers on the truck and maybe they could work out some deal where James could accept both dryers and like pay a cheaper price and then sell it back to them. What? And we're standing outside having this conversation when one of the guys goes in the house with the the washer and the guy's like well just come downstairs and look so james goes downstairs and i go back into the condo and the guy is not installing the washer he's in my bedroom i'm like what are you doing back here dude he's like oh i'm sorry I, i got confused i got lost and i was like washer and dryers down the hall and then he also made a comment about like our chandelier and some of the stuff in the house it really creeped me out (laughs) you know yeah and i was like did they purposefully separate me and james so that one of the guys could like quickly look around to take stuff but since i always try to have james there i always try for both of us to be there when we have someone come over and i just feel like people ought to be aware that companies that you bring into your home hopefully they vet their employees and you just wonder about that let me ask you about that yeah i have never asked a company that question though have you no do you background check your guys or women, but guys are the ones who commit violent crimes generally. And do you vet them, background check them, verify their employment and verify their references? I've never asked that question because I just assume they do. But now I'm like, um, I think if you're going to have people in your home for that amount of time, it needs to be someone that you trust, that you, that has done work for other people, that it's gone really well that you know, or something like that. Or even if you get a security system installed, don't leave the default password that the guy puts in the security system, you know, yeah. customize your security system. I think especially for elderly people and, and women, probably maybe you have somebody there with you. I agree. As a security precaution. I agree. It's a shame we have to say that, but you know, one of the things I think is important is to not let the person whoever's in your home as much as possible to not let them know that you live alone. And to have pictures of a dude around or pictures of something when they're in your house and talk about the person, you know, I've done that before where it was trying to make it that there's a big giant guy who lives with me, you know, even when right. there wasn't. Um, one thing that I do do, and it's probably an important thing for people to think about when James and I have moved, I take my most valuable things like computers, safe, jewelry. I move those myself. Oh, yeah. And I keep them in a secure location. I don't just leave them. And I think if somebody's doing work on your house, you should probably lock the areas you don't want them to go and you observe, you know, that's it. Yes. Yes. So I found another cable murder, and this is a question. Cable murder. Cable guy murder. (laughs) Here's this article in USA Today, and I'll put all the sources on our website, viewthispodcast.com, and then ask the question, are cable companies responsible when their workers turn violent. This case is so awful, but listen to this. In 96, a cable technician from Comcast used his position as a cable repair person to get into an Arkansas woman's home. Pulled out a knife 
and raped her. She's 23 years old at the time, and she's a teacher. And here's what he did to her. He beat her with a blowtorch canister, tied her hands and feet, and dropped her in a bathtub full of water, slit her throat, tossed a lamp in to the bath to electrocute her, held her head underwater to drown her. None of these things worked. She did not die from that. This guy's really bad at murder. Yeah. I mean, he's bad at it. He then took her out of the bathtub, put her in a closet, and set her apartment on fire. Marie, she survived that too. Holy moly. This guy is really awful at this. <laughs> he should have done something else with his time that night. Her name, this badass 23-year-old, Natasha Sane, survived. And lived to tell, as they say. She named the guy, of course. His name was, tell me how to pronounce it. C-E-O-T-I-S is his first name. Codis? Codis? Okay, I don't know. Psychopath Franks. His last name is Franks. He's convicted. Then she takes Comcast to court and accused the company of negligent hiring supervision and retaining him as an employee. And listen to this. Her case also relied on another Comcast customer named Jeannie Leonard, who, Marie, by the way, had filed a complaint on this motherfucker whose name I can't pronounce and I don't care because he was in her home doing cable whatever work and started making inappropriate sexual remarks while installing cable. So she filed a report to the company and they're like, nothing to see here. Why don't you go to another 23-year-old woman's home, dude, and do whatever you want to do to her? Wow. Um, so this person, Jeannie Leonard, who'd filed that complaint, she tried to lodge the complaint for two whole weeks, talked to three different employees, and no one from Comcast ever even returned her calls. Wow. So the attorney for the badass Natasha Sane found this woman can you imagine what a golden fucking mm -hmm. ticket day that was for that attorney to find this this witness this probably wasn't the only woman either it's just the one that reported it yeah so i'm reading directly from this usa today article what the company knew and when they knew it was also pivotal in the 2006 case in chicago in which a cable technician named anthony triplett murdered a woman named ursula sakowska while on a routine call to fix internet service. She was a babysitter in the home. She was raped and beaten and her body was found in a bathtub. And at the time of her death, Triplett was being investigated in the murder of another woman, Janice Ordage, 39, whose body had also been found in her bathtub seven weeks earlier. And he, guess what, had visited her home for a cable service call. Now, I really don't want to scare people. I literally, our show has got the word fear in it, but in part that's tongue in cheek because I don't want to terrify people. You should only be scared when it's time to be scared. So if you're scared all the time, you're going to miss all the signs of the real thing that's threatening right in front of you. So don't look around every ficus plant for, you know, a murderer who's got a knife in his hand. Comma, but take precautions. Have somebody in the home. Maybe don't let the dogs around your contractor so they don't get familiar with them. You know, there's things you can do. I'm not saying you need to go get a 
what are they called? There's like those things that protect microphones and cameras, you know? Yeah. Some people like take them. We just talked about that on Airbnb, right? The yeah. Airbnb people who are being videoed in the bedrooms of their Airbnb. You can do that. Maybe do that after you have a, somebody come in your home. I don't know how much those little things cost, but oh my gosh, one time, Marie. Yes. I'm remembering this. We had something done in our home on Purdue Avenue. In our bedroom, the way the doors open up into the bathroom, you can see a mirror across the bathroom and a lamp, one of the little sconces, kind of directly shines light into the bedroom. Well, one time Curtis and I are getting ready for bed and brushing teeth or whatever, and he kind of looks over and the sconce is loose. And he was like, I'm taking this motherfucker down. <laughs> like we'd had workers in our house and he was like, "That that's aimed directly at our bed. There was nothing there. But I was really glad that he did that. He just saw it out of the corner of his eye because his sink was the one right next to it, you know? Yeah. And he just kind of saw it and he starts pulling at it and it's loose. And he was like, uh-oh, I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> he also spotted a camera in that Airbnb in Scotland. You told me that, yeah. You told he's, me that. He's like, he's like a good little detective to keep around just for spotting that stuff. Sure, sure. Uh, well, I just think maybe this is a sign of the demise of the cable company. <laughs> It's like, it almost reminds me of what Donald Trump said about Mexico. They're not sending us their best. They're sending oh. us the rapists and the murderer. <laughs> They're sending the rapists. The cable companies are not sending us their best. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. What are you drinking from Starbucks there? Is that a tea? Nice tea. I mean, I think companies matter. You know, back when, back when we used DirecTV, when DirecTV was a, just starting, they were so great. Like the customer service was great. The people they sent out were so helpful. It was like such a breath of fresh air. I thought of this because of Starbucks too. Until somebody tells me Starbucks is bad. When I go through Starbucks, they're like, how are you today? You know, yep. what can I do for you? Everyone is so nice. Yes. And I don't, it's by all accounts, a great company to work for. A great company to work for. Yeah. So if you can, it's not always possible. Not everyone can afford to pay higher prices, but supporting companies that are good to workers and vet their workers and send out quality service providers. But even like, okay, so our neighbor contacted James because he said his cable wasn't working and he thought he did something wrong. Our neighbor is an, an older gentleman, you know, so he frequently has problems with his TV. Well, when the guy called Spectrum, they're like, no, everything's fine. I don't know what the issue is. But then you can go to a website mm -hmm. and it says there's a, an outage. So there's just, with all of the companies, there is just this idea that the customer is somebody to trick into stealing money. Yep. It's really what it is. Like, there's nothing about retaining customers anymore. It's just about churn and burn. Yep. Oh, a side note. Hmm. During COVID, the company that was going to remodel the Cecil gave up on it. And now the Cecil is officially going to be a homeless housing building. Really? Yeah. No. I don't know how I feel about that. Because I feel like it's such a big building with a lot of problems. It's almost like... When you yep. create these areas, if you also don't provide security or organization, it turns into a giant disaster. Yes. And there's this whole thing of the more people you put in a small space, the more likely crime will happen. And that's that's one of the things that that's just a truism, you know? I mean, if there's two people who live in a county in wide open spaces, there's not going to be crime there, you know? But you put 200 people in a space that's supposed to only have 
two people, then there's going to be crime. That's just one of the things that happens. Yeah. So um, we we've totally gone off lost the rails. The we we have... were totally maiden headed off the expressway. <laughs> I don't even know where we went with that. that totally off the rails. So I think this we is didn't a... even talk about like. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What? No, I just think the story is really fascinating from the standpoint of when a crime occurs um, under the the sign of a company, right? an employee of a company working for that company, what responsibility does the company have to the customer to try and keep the customer safe? And if reasonable measures are taken and then a crime still occurs, I think the court and the jury would be sympathetic to the company. But if the company sets out to obfuscate and lie and do anything possible to get away from responsibility, then there's not going to be much sympathy from the average juror or from the judge. I agree. This, there is negligence. There's, you know, whatever the law actually says, not casual negligence or whatever, but then there's gross negligence. That is essentially like the company out of Chicago that said, this guy is under investigation for murdering a woman and does it again because he kept working for that company. It's insane to me. Right. I think that Massage Envy had a problem with this. There's a couple of companies. So I know somebody years before Massage Envy actually was outed for that creepy thing they, that the people who worked for them were doing, who did that, who, who was in the middle of a massage and was so creeped out by the guy doing it that she told him to stop, jumped up off the table and ran out of the room. She was so, he was so creepy and weird and awful. Yeah. And she reported to the company too. And I think that is gross negligence. Turns out that there were dozens, if not hundreds of women who'd had that experience with massage envy. Yeah. So companies- I've had do... one creepy, have you ever had a creepy massage? I had one. And no. I don't get, I don't get massages by men anymore if I can help it. No, I haven't had a creepy massage. It was in uh, Breckenridge years and years and years ago. And the guy was reaching under the towel. I swear to God, he was about to grab my breast. It was creepy. It was creepy. And I, thank God I'm really ticklish. So I was wiggling out of the way. And he was kind of like, well, I guess I'm not going to get to, I was like, no, I don't think you are. <laughs> the only thing I, that I could say that maybe like this one masseuse, I do use her quite frequently, but she was very upset during one of our massages because she told me afterwards that there was some negative energy in my shoulder that was distressing her. Like, what? like there was some demons or some, you know, something trapped in my shoulder that did was did you not tell her that's what i'm here for get the demon out of my shoulder <laughs> get that fucking demon out of there get him out of there don't leave him there she was like you know those nola people in california I'm yes like, it's just a knot it's not a demon so i had now that we're talking about massages i'll tell you this one funny actually kind of cool thing that the best massage i ever had was in lake tahoe and the guy didn't even touch me at first. He was just kind of like running his hands energy like two inches above my... He was doing like Reiki? He, I don't know. What, is that what it's called? And he, yeah, goes, and he, and he goes by, he's, his hand is kind of by my hip and he goes, you've had an injury here. Mm-hmm. Didn't touch me, didn't see me, nothing. And I go, yeah. And he goes, you had trauma here. And he's right. When I was in college, I was sitting in the passenger seat of a car turning left and the, the truck hit us. The truck hit my hip. 
and the door, I mean, the door jammed into my hip and it bruised real bad. Thank God it, it wasn't broken, but that's really the only like trauma injury I've ever really had. But that hurt my knee and my ankle and all that stuff is all on my right side. And he's like, this is the only place in your body where you've had any sort of trauma, but it's, it's it was pretty bad, wasn't it? Isn't that funny? He knew it without like, just like that. Yeah. I think I'm going to do that from now on. When I meet people, I'm just going to start. going to do going, this. I'm going to start just rubbing, rubbing, running my hands. Like I'm not touching you type of thing. And just be like, there's been some trauma here. Oh, I'm just, I'm going to put my hand and <laughs> into someone's shoulder and go, you've got it's a, a demon in there. Just walk away. There's a demon. It's, <laughs> it's still there this morning. Really bad. <laughs> I, have you ever gotten those little massage? Um, it's like a tennis ball with little kind of rubbery jagged things coming out of it that you lean against. Yeah. Stuff. I have all those. That's actually really helped my back. When I'm sitting on the couch, I kind of do this, you know? Yeah. What? What do you have for that? I was thinking about a coworker. There's a freelancer that I have. Um, she's actually my age, but she has kids and we joke around together because she comes off like a mom, right? She is a mom, but she's very mom-like. So like she has technology issues. Like when we try to like log on to zoom meetings and stuff she's always like muted and having problems whatever well that's me though i mean right but a couple of years ago at christmas she brought in a gift that her husband gave her that she was so excited about that he got her this massager oh my god was it a sex toy it was totally a sex Marie! it was i i mean when i saw it i was like i i'm not sure this is a massager Marie. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of teased her about Hooray. it all day, but she was like adamant that it was supposed to be for massaging i was like all right <laughs> i mean maybe it was a very sex toy looking massager i don't know oh no oh i'm just talking about a tennis ball with spikes on it so if you want to use that as a sex toy you do you but i use it as a massager <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do with your tennis ball massager is between you and it's the between tennis you ball you and your significant other or whatever it is you're do you two are doing in there. Yeah. Have you All watched right. Only Murders in the Building? No, I haven't watched that yet. Ah, you haven't? No. The first season's good. I started the second season and stopped because I wanted to go back and watch the whole thing with Curtis and we just finished it last night, the first season. It's pretty There's good. There's some genuine laugh out loud moments. There's genuine laugh out loud moments. I'll check and it out. Steve Martin is, of course, still, he's like in his 70s, I think. He's still doing physical comedy. He's phenomenal. Just phenomenal. It's on my list. Hmm? It's on my list. We've been watching um, the new, I know you will scoff at this, but the new uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, Why would I scoff at that? I love it. The oh, Dragon I thought you hated the the Game of Thrones. No. No. You well, you look like all? a you look like a Targaryen. Did Marie just insult me? No, you look like a Targaryen. The Targaryens are the one with the blonde hair. I don't know who they are? Yeah, you're like a dragon princess. Oh, and I'm like from the House of Snow, <laughs> or I'm like one of the I'm like one of the White Walkers. <laughs> I'm a White Walker. Other side of the wall. I'm from the other side of the wall. That's why I, we am, I love the dragon show. I think House of Dragons is so, so good. But are you watching the new Lord of the Rings? Yes, yes. It might be the worst television show I've ever seen in my entire really? life. Really? You don't like it? How I, could anyone like it? It's 
the most boring, the most self-indulgent. Don't tell me you like it, Marie. So far, no. I'm liking it. I'm liking it, yeah. How far have you been gotten into it? Two episodes. We tried to hate what we got 20 minutes into the first one and we're like, we're gonna hate watch through it because Curtis looked at me, he's like, This is the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, same here, thank God, but let's keep going. And we just made fun of it for the next hour. And we're like, let's let's go on episode two. And it was so bad we couldn't even hate watch. I've never even met a show that's so bad I can't hate watch. <laughs> it's unwatchable to me. We've got to do an episode on that or something. Let's figure okay. out what we're fearing that can be related to crime and lord of the rings new tv show oh, i'm sure there's all right well we'll think about that i think um, that new lord of the rings tv show is a crime and someone should be brought up on charges for it <laughs> it's getting hot in here <laughs> mic drop all right you ready to wrap this up i think um you ready yeah. to wrap this up i think that uh we have done enough damage for this saturday yeah. We we discussed the topic and like twenty other topics, so yeah. that's like a little bonus morning episode. <laughs> yeah, there's um there's a lot going on here, and by the time I publish this episode, I'll probably have edited twenty minutes of us just yammering nonsense at each other about corporate real estate. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I there is a lot of anger. I mean, I do think there is a lot of anger in a lot of Americans, including these two Americans right here oh, sorry, Harps. Uh, about being taken advantage of by corporations. It's just, it's like you have to just watch your money like a hawk constantly. Yes. And that's, there's Harper. Hi. And you can't trust me. My cat, Indy, is actually Indy, Indiana. Come here, Indy. Let me see Indy. Let, let Indy meet Harps. Indy. Come here, Indy. He's being a little sneak. Aww. He knows. He knows he's not supposed. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. All right, I'm gonna turn my camera. Okay. Hold on. Can you see him in the laundry? Oh, he's in the laundry. Hi. I'm gonna pull him out. He's not gonna like it. Come here, Andy. Are you doing that? Let him stay. No, I want you to meet Harper. Come here. Oh, don't meow at me. Hey, look. Look, There's Harps. Harper. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Aren't you a cutie pie? Look at those eyes. Okay, Harp. Say hi yeah, to you. Can go back into the laundry. Okay. All right. Just, he was so quiet during our. Uh, he didn't think I knew. Harps oh, and he just like laid right back down in the laundry. Aww. Aww. He's a sweetheart. Yeah. Oh my God, Walter. We watched what? this Netflix thing about cats and. No. He went out. You finally have an explanation for why Walter is the way he is. <laughs> well, I was trying to. Um, they were saying that you shouldn't discipline your cats. Basically, they were saying okay. that. What should you do? You should divert their attention. Cats don't understand discipline. You just so if they're doing something bad, rather than chastise them, take them somewhere else, and have them do something good, and then praise them. Essentially, really. Sorry, yeah, so we decided. Pictures. Yeah, we decided we were going to try that with Walter. Did it work? Well, I thought it was working really nicely. So what we were doing was we were opening the shower because he likes to bang on the shower door, giving him access to the shower at night, and so we never had any problems with him banging the temple rub into the TV. And like the third night that we had done that, I got up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, and I'm sitting on the toilet, 
and I see that all night long he's been tearing a hole in the screen of the window in the bathroom. A hole this big. <laughs> Walter! <laughs> he thought you'd solved it. No. It's oh, Walter. It's not Walter solved. defies science. I don't even know what to do with Walter. I don't know, man. Amazing. Um, okay. I'm sorry. I'm distracted by my cat washing your face. Why is that so cute? That's like my favorite thing. Anyway, you've been listening and now hear this. And we appreciate you making your way through whatever mess of a show this was. Mm-hmm. And um, sticking it out to the end. I would love it if y'all would um, go to the iTunes or podcast app of your choice and give us five stars. Five, not four. I'm okay and with four, review. but five. Marie? Stop it! Five is except is what Becky And also follow us on Instagram. We're at now fear this podcast and our website, fearthispodcast.com, where you will find all kinds of life-changing content. It, it will change your life, I've heard. All right. We will see you guys. Heard? You haven't been to our website? <laughs> if you don't even go to our website, how can you expect anybody no, I else go to, to our website? website. I'm I have such like, good content there. I anecdotally. About every episode. Well, my life has been changed by knowing you, obviously. But I'm saying other people anecdotally have told me. That. <laughs> yes, go to our website and anecdotally change your life. Exactly. We'll talk to you all later. Bye.